This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. In 2018, I watched a good portion of Hurricane Michael blow through Tallahassee from my front porch. As a lifelong Southerner, I'd seen a few tropical storms and hurricanes and find myself stuck between being in awe of the power of nature and wanting to give it a wide enough berth to show my respect. As I watched the trees in the storm, I noticed that they were doing more than just standing there. They were swaying, bending, and releasing. Even when we are rooted where we are, we can do the same thing. The storms of life can definitely push us around, but we don't have to just stand there. Like a tree, we all sway from side to side throughout our lives to allow for this event or that unexpected change of plans. I believe that these times actually make us stronger, more cognitively nimble, and more creative. Sway when you can, so that the things you do to take care of yourself can keep happening even in a storm. Swaying might mean compromising on when exercise happens so that it can, rather than letting it stop altogether. As I watched the trees bend, I thought about how they were pretty stubborn and must really be committed to being where they were, to withstand so much pressure and not fall over. It reminded me of those times when life gets so hectic that if we want to stay healthy in spite of it, we need to make even bigger compromises. Those trees were swaying and they were bending, but they were also releasing some of themselves in order to stay upright. This is a loss for sure, but one that is regained over time. Don't be afraid to let some branches fall off your tree if it means you stay rooted in what supports your physical and emotional health. It's likely that those things will come back in time and the loss will be a temporary one. I believe that our roots will go deeper and we will be stronger. If another of life's storms is headed your way, be like a tree. Sway, bend, release, and hang on to your roots. Heather. Valeria interviews Heather Fuselier, a.k.a. Healthy Heather. She's the author of Happy Healthy You, Breaking the Rules for a Well-Balanced Life. Healthy Heather Fuselier is a National Board Certified Health and Wellness Coach, Certified Tobacco Treatment Specialist, Certified Running Coach, and Employee Wellbeing Consultant, specializing in helping people live healthy, balanced lives. She is the host of the Heather Solves Everything podcast and teaches the Am I Hungry? Mindful Eating program to help people break up with dieting and eat fearlessly. Meet Heather at heathersolveseverything.com. Here's the interview with Heather Fusilier. 
in your own words, who is Heather Fuselay? Oh, gosh. In my words, who is Heather Fuselay? A friendly person that you might remember from somewhere. I've been told I have a familiar face. Yeah. <laughs> look like someone people have met before. Um, and I'm here to help. I'm a professionally, I'm a national board certified health and well-being coach and an employee well-being consultant. I work with people and organizations to live healthy, balanced lives. And that's kind of what my life is about too. My professional and my personal life are very much interwoven. So I'm a I'm a nice lady who here who's here to help. Mm, I love that. <laughs> yeah, that caught my attention and, and stayed with me. I'm here to help. Ah. So how did you come to this understanding, this perhaps this making this choice, making this decision of beautifully, you know, to the point of saying today, I love the way you say that I'm here to help. How did this happen? It, it's not something that's a choice for me. I am driven to work with people and specifically to help people reach a status of life or a lifestyle that they desire for themselves. It's something that I can't not do. I tried. I used to have a completely different career and um, for 15 years worked in nonprofit management Enjoyed that very much, but but knew that there was something different for me to do. And I was very pleased when I discovered health coaching because it is the most natural thing that I've ever done. So, yes, I, I made a choice to make it my living and my and, you know, to create a, a, you know, a foundation around it for my life. But I don't feel like I had a choice as to whether or not I did it. I feel like it's just who I am. Yes, I love that, Heather. Yes, it's a choice, less choice, right, per se. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it sounds very spiritual to me. I guess I asked that question because I wonder if you have identified a story behind, like a thread behind becoming a well-being coach. Is there anything that relates to you in a sense of going through some challenges or maybe discovering something that you never thought possible I'm just wondering if there is something personal that made the professional Heather well-being coach. That I'm trying to make that connection, that relationship. Is, is there something there <laughs> that you can share? You know, one of the memories that I have of, of growing up and people asking me what I wanted to be when I grew up, I didn't really have a good word for what I felt called to do other than being a writer, which I I am in some contexts of my work, but the only context that I could really put on it was remembering the um, when the times when the publisher's sweepstakes would be won and somebody would, would, would have won a big amount of money and a group of people would go to their house with a giant check mm -hmm. and a bunch of balloons and yeah all of this celebration and they would open their door and be told that they had just won all of this money and they would be so happy and yeah. you could just see how excited they were. Yeah. And me watching that happen on TV, uh -huh. I felt like that's it. That's what I want to do. I want to bring mm. people good news. Mm. And oh, so that's, wow. I think that's like the, the light side of it. And then I also personally, you know, have 
you know, my personal health and well-being has not necessarily been a straight or easy road. Um, you know, I've I've struggled a lot to find myself, find my footing, understand well-being and what that meant for me. And having gone through that process myself, I think also informs why I want to help others go through it. And I think I probably used to say, avoid the mistakes that I made. Now I know that's not realistic. Mm -hmm. They just need to have somebody to help them go through Mm -hmm. the mistakes that have to be made. Uh, Wow. And so that's kind of the dark side of it. Like the the Mm -hmm. light side is I want to be with people in moments of joy and I want to help them discover joy. And then the dark side is I know how hard that can be. And, and I want to be along that journey with people who feel like I can be helpful. Mm, yes. Wow. Th- that's it. Yeah. I guess I was kind of longing for that answer <laughs> to see <laughs> that connection. <laughs> so it's beautiful. Yes. I love what you just described, the experience of watching the TV program and then the, the happiness, you know, on the faces of people. There's something about that bringing joy, happiness to others that makes us happy as well. So I wonder why that is. Because when I often ask the question about the purpose of life here, I get that answer is to help others. Have you reflected on that? Why do we feel so strongly about helping others? You know, I've never really asked or explored very much into the why. Why do we feel so strongly about helping others. I've, I think that I've always just taken for granted the immense like ripple effect that, that helping and working with others provides, you know, it's just so been always been so obvious to me that, you know, when one person helps another person helps, they're inspired to help somebody else. And that person's inspired to do something else. And that's always just made sense to me. And and in fact, I think sometimes I, I ask the opposite question. It's like, why don't oh, we? Why don't people <laughs> yeah. help each other? Right? Yes. That's yes, that's great. <laughs> yes, it might be that it is intuitive to you. It feels very natural. So there's no reason to rationalize it, <laughs> which is even better. Um, yes, right. I bring it to a whole different level when it comes to that question. It's more spiritual in a sense where... To me, it's obvious that everything is interconnected. The ground that holds the experience of being human and everything else that exists is one, one essence. So everything shares the same ground of reality, per se. I'm a student of Vedanta, which has to do with non-duality. So that also helped clarify something that I already intuitively already knew. So it's kind of words and concepts to it that I could understand intellectually. But yeah, that's how it makes sense to me in these days. But this is a different conversation, I guess. It's more a different podcast episode (laughs) about spirituality. Actually, speaking of spirituality, Heather, do you have any um, spiritual practices or anything that you do that you consider to be spiritual? Well, I'm a Christian and I have a wonderful um, community in my church that Mm-hmm. Um, I feel really close to and, yeah. and really purpose, purposeful with. Um, I like to say that I participate in Christianity. I definitely, I, I've been, I grew up, you know, in a um, kind of a Christian family, and I always pr- participated in the spiritual practices that 
were there before I really understood or made a choice mm-hmm. to do that. Yeah. Now, yeah. you know, as uh-huh. you've, hopefully, you know, people go through a period of discern, you know, discerning what do I actually believe and what's, what's, what really resonates with me. Mm, yeah. And so I still say, you know, I'm, part, I'm a participant, I'm on board. I, I like all this stuff, <laughs> um, but very much still a student. And, um, that's, I think one of my favorite spiritual practices is remembering that I know next to nothing. Like i <laughs> I am just a traveler, a visitor, and I'm trying to do the best that I can with the amount of time that I've been given. Mm, uh, I love how humble you are, too, which is part of that wisdom, isn't it? Spiritual wisdom. So let me mention the title of your book. You have written a book titled Happy, Healthy You, Breaking Rules for a Well-Balanced Life. So when I saw the title of your book, open questions came to me like, oh, I, I have to ask her, you know, what happiness is, what is to be healthy and what is your idea of balance? I asked all the questions just now, but one <laughs> at a time. <laughs> How would you describe happiness? What makes you happy, Heather? What makes me happy is um, being able to be in the moment and and to really just kind of just appreciate the blessings that I have in my life. That sentence in itself sounds like like a sign that you would buy at Hobby Lobby on <laughs> yes. the wall. And <laughs> yes. like, as soon as it came out of my mouth, I was yeah. like, that's so not it. <laughs> really, yeah. I mean, I think that the, the essence of the answer, though, yeah. is in the subtitle, Breaking the Rules for a Well-Balanced Life. I think that, that we are told so often what should make us happy, what makes other people happy, what are the criterias of happiness, But it's an inside job. You know when you're happy. You know when you're content. And for me, it's a combination of being fiercely independent, you know, of of being able to stand on my own while also knowing that I don't have to do everything myself. And I think that kind of, you know, kind of one foot in each camp is what makes me happy, feeling independent and, and strong and able to pursue the life that I want for myself, while also knowing that I have backup, I don't need to do it all alone, and that I can be that backup for somebody else. Wow, that's beautiful. You mentioned what makes you happy, being present. That's one Mm -hmm. of the things that has been my experience too. Yes, being present. And And I know this concept of presence has been, being in the moment, be present, has been almost overused these days. (laughs) So a lot of people actually, they they feel like it's a very abstract thing when we say that for most people. How would you kind of explain that to somebody who it's kind of trying to understand what that is, how to embody actually that that practice? So a way to think about doing that in, in an accessible way that I would use to explain to somebody who might not have done it before or have even tried to do it before is to to go for your your five senses you know just you know pause for a moment and and just really pay attention to what's real now what can you see what can you hear what can you feel what can you touch you know just what is happening in the moment right now and actually name those things, not just slowing down and taking some deep breaths, but naming, you know, I'm sitting on the cold concrete of the sidewalk. 
You know, I feel the sun on my shoulders. I hear a bus driving on a, a street. And just tuning into what's going on around you at that moment, knowing that that's going to be fleeting. You know, it's all yeah. temporary. We're all just mm, you know, right. experiencing the moment that we're in over and over and over and over. But I think that's a way to start practicing is to just name what you see, name what you can hear, name what you can feel, to just snap out of the head stuff that we think is life. You know, we right. think that, like our to-do list is our yeah. life. It's like, no. Yes, <laughs> right, right. Yes. Yeah, that's it. It sounds almost like a guided meditation, a meditation type of thing, the way you describe it, right? It's um, practicing meditation. I wonder, how can we be present? I mentioned this off record, actually, before we started the conversation. I often do with all my guests, almost all my guests, about being present to what is present. It's almost like attending to what is here. So I'm listening to you, and then I'm, I'm listening to my own body and mind, the way it's responding to what you're saying and how you say, answer the questions and, and speak. And I know it has nothing to do with concentration. It's not being able to concentrate. It's more than that, or perhaps less than that. I'm not sure. There's a quality of wanting to connect with what is here. I think that's what it is. And I can imagine how hard it is to be present when we're in pain, let's say physical pain, or when we have lost somebody. Because it has not been my experience. I never lost anybody, loved one, and I never, I was never in, in horrible pain. I guess I was before, but I was not really practicing presence. <laughs> so I can't, I don't have that story to tell. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I was just thinking out loud here. So, do you think that presence also has a quality of acceptance, per se, almost like love in a way? Uh, being in yeah, love with I the moment. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially when you just mentioned the idea of, of being present during a time of pain, like when you have lost someone, that's a present that you don't want to be in. Right. You want to go to yes. the past, right. you know, or you want to go into the future where you, you know, you don't hurt anymore. And right. so I can imagine mm. that doing anything to get out of the present is what you would be yearning for. That in itself is being present, you know, just acknowledging that how you feel and what's happening in the moment and, you know, the, the conflicted feelings that you might be experiencing and, you know, being able to accept that this is what's happening in my life right now. And acceptance doesn't necessarily mean embracing something into your life. You might not want to embrace pain. Yeah. But you can still accept the fact that it's happening. Right, right. And in fact, you may want mm. to mm. kind of embrace it in the sense of opening your heart to um feeling everything instead of trying to fight. Right. The feeling of yes. despair or if it's physical pain, mm. you know, it's so distracting it would be to do anything but sit in pain. And I'm convinced that mindfulness can transcend out of those types of experiences and help you to be able to allow yourself to feel without boundaries. 
which can be scary, but also very liberating. Right. Oh my God. Yeah. I love your wisdom, <laughs> your present wisdom. Yes. Yes. A billion times to that acceptance, embracing what is right. It's almost like creating a different kind of connection or relationship with what is happening, whatever it is, pain, whatever it is that's here now, instead of fighting, as you said beautifully. Yes. Well, and I think that it also helps yeah. to relieve ourselves of any expectation that we're going to have answers yeah. or that mm. we're going to understand yeah. Yeah. or have to have an opinion about anything. Being able to stay in a non-judgmental state of, I don't need to make an opinion about this. I'm just sitting in it and it's happening and I don't have to decide whether I like it or I don't like it or what I'm going to do about it or you know, what other people might think about it. I'm just going to observe it without any strings attached to how I feel about it. Yes, yes, that's it. It's a wonderful practice, the non-judgmental one. That's, um, gosh, ah, I could just talk forever about it or just stay <laughs> silent forever <laughs> about it too, both. <laughs> Since we're talking about mindfulness already, so let me bring into the conversation the program that you offer is Am, am I Hungry? A mm -hmm. Mindful Eating Program. So talk to me about that. How do you teach people, actually help people to break up with dieting and eat fiercely? furiously. Oh, that's a hand, it's a mouthful. So I would love to know more about that. And I love your breaking the rules, ideas, and mm -hmm. now the fear, being fearless. I would love to understand more of what that is. Well, my a lot of my philosophy in life and in coaching is that we are, um, you know, we're behind the wheel of life and we can live life on our own terms a lot more than we think we can. You know, there are so many choices in how to live. Um, we often keep ourselves limited to kind of conventional choices of, you know, of, of a lifestyle, but there's more options than that. And I think we forget that a lot. And so I really enjoy the process of, um, of kind of imagining, well, what if, what if, what if I did this? What if I did that? You know, what would happen? How could I do it? And, and I like to remind my clients that they, they have everything that they need inside of themselves to be able to achieve what they want. It doesn't mean that they'll be able to do everything on their own, but they have the, they have the skill set to decide what they want for themselves. And a lot of that comes into how we eat and, and how we interact with food. Now, we live in a society that is very directive about how women especially should eat yes, and yeah. how we should look and mm, how we should yeah. interact with food. I mean, you can talk about the double standards applied to women, you know, all day long. <laughs> yes. And that's True. resulted in a lot of confusion and um, very much a disconnect with our own body wisdom of our hunger signals, um, our fullness signals, what kind of food we even like, um, being able to eat the types of foods that we like, even if they're, quote, bad 
or they're on the red list or the do not eat list. And so the Am I Hungry program really brings us back into connection with ourselves as a partner rather than a competitor. And we go through the process of reconnecting with first the signals that your body is sending of hunger versus other needs needing to be met. It is so intuitive for us to turn to food for comfort in times of uncertainty or nervousness or frustration or like insert any feeling here because we're born having food and love connected. You know, when we feed a baby, we're holding the baby, we're caressing the baby, you know, we're loving the baby while feeding the baby. And that connection of love and safety with food is made so early in life that of course we turn to food when we need love or comfort or, or certainty. And that's not a bad thing. But what the program that I teach does is it helps us to learn other skills for meeting the need for love and affirmation and connection than eating food. And so we really break up with the diet cycle of restrictive eating leading to overeating. And instead we learn how to stay in the middle. Yeah. Oh, I would love to know. That's a, a good question. What is to be in the middle? What what would that look like to be in the middle? Gosh, you know, it. I think it's different for everybody. Um, I was just speaking with a client this morning, actually, who has been working on a weight loss goal for quite some time. And, you know, in our session today, he was just tired. He's just tired of working on weight loss. It's like, I'm constantly pushing, 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 you know, working on this goal and at the minute I stop, I feel like I just start to roll backwards. There's no place to just pause and be still. I'm either pushing or I'm rolling backwards. And I think that the middle is right in between there, you know, where if we can get to a plateau, and that's going to be a little bit different for everybody. And I think it takes it takes some inner work to determine, um, you know, what would that be like for me? What what if I had if I was living in the middle, what were the types of things that I would do? You know, what would if somebody was observing me, what would they see? What choices would I make? And then asking, well, okay, well, what's what's the barrier between me doing that now? And you know, just start to kind of identify first of all what this even is. You can't get to a place that you can't imagine. And then start you know, doing the gap analysis. Well, what's different about how I'm doing things now compared to how I would be doing things in that place I just created? And then how do I start doing those things more often than what I'm doing now? And just, you know, get, giving yourself some time and some space and some compassion to, you know, learn new things while also unlearning old things. Yeah. You know, we're doing oh, a yeah. lot. Yeah. And at the same time yeah. that we're doing that, we still have to make lunch for our family and pick everybody up and remember the doctor's appointments. I mean, there's lots going on. And I think we just need to give ourselves a little bit of grace that we've got a lot going on at the same time, 
And we're trying to get to like our own personal center. Like, mm. <laughs> Yes, right. Right. Finding that center everywhere. I don't know if it's always possible, but there's something about, I know you speak of the concept of balance. I, for some reason, tend to use the word harmony because it has mm-hmm. to do with inner peace, I guess. Mm-hmm. And that going deeper into it, it's basically doing what we talked earlier about living in a space of presence that has filled with acceptance and embracing what is as it is without judgment and just it's not that I don't have ambitions and or plans or kind of dreams and all that. Of course they come up, but I'm constantly listening, listening to basically to be guided by my own body's uh, natural wisdom and then whatever the universe or life itself, consciousness, it's, it's guiding me to do. It's almost like living, being open to be guided by universal energies. I think that's the best I can explain that. And it still sounds abstract, doesn't it? <laughs> but it feels peaceful, though. The feeling is real. I the guess. feeling is real. Yeah. yeah. When, yep. when you are open to being guided, mm. I, and if we're able yep. to quiet our own minds so that we can hear something else. Um, you know, it can be, I, I think sometimes people are surprised by how relaxing it is to, to give up control. Ah, oh my God, that's such a great topic. That deserves a whole episode <laughs> on that. <laughs> Just recently, I have to tell you this, I interviewed somebody who promotes a product called Masterpiece. And this is not an advertisement. It's just I want to tell the story because it's kind of funny, but not funny at the same time. And then he sent me a bottle of this thing. It's a combination of um, zeolite. I don't know if you heard about that. Scalar light. It's basically minerals, very ancient minerals, powerful enough to give you this instant feeling of peace. Basically cleaning the toxins within the brain, especially the pineal gland, especially in the brain. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but it's this that gland that is responsible for mystical experiences, being basically peace and love and all that goodness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he, he sent me a bottle and I started, it was like six drops, I think. Yeah, six drops in the morning and six drops in the nighttime. And then I gave it to my husband too, so for him to try. <laughs> He's my guinea pig too. And then both of us are trying this thing. And all of a sudden, I know I felt great. And then I started having my dreams. They were like a lot more colorful and beautiful. I mean, I slept better. It was just felt really good. And then my husband didn't feel so good. He kept telling me that he was, he felt like he was not himself. Mm. Like, I don't feel like I am myself, you know, on, on this thing. And then he just rebelled against it and he wanted mm-hmm. to stop it to, to the point of that because he was not feeling himself in a sense of fighting life because that's basically how he has been living his life. Mm. He has been fighting everything. So if it doesn't work, then he becomes angry and then he he tries everything to, to kind of resolve, but in, in a harsh way. I mean, for my opinion, it might be a judgment thing. But anyway, so it's funny how some of us are so identified with certain ways of being that we are not open to peace even because we're so used to fight. And like you said, we are constantly trying to change, control things. Well, yeah, I think if I... If you imagine somebody who's always lived in conflict or they've lived in in an abusive Mm, um, environment where they're constantly, you know, in fight or flight and they're constantly, 
you know, kind of second guessing themselves. And then they move into an environment where they are safe and they can trust and they can relax but they don't know how to do that. <laughs> yes, that's and what I see. And they don't trust themselves. Uh, it can't possibly, uh, it shouldn't be this easy. It it should be harder. I must be missing something. And and I can imagine that if you're constantly in the state of, I fight, I fight, I fight, that it would feel very unnerving to have nothing to fight against. Ah, uh, yes. That's what I felt. And, and it's sad, isn't it, Heather? When I was just kind of, you know, watching him kind of, Oh, I don't want to take this thing anymore. It's making me feel too relaxed. And I'm thinking to myself, that's great. And I actually told him that. That's Isn't that what you want to feel peaceful? He said, no, I don't feel like I'm myself. I'm losing, I'm, I'm losing ambition. I'm losing the energy. I don't have energy for anything. It was so funny. I mean, it's still funny because he's still under that, the effect of that thing, I guess. It has been funny, but not funny, as I said to you, because I guess it's this human condition, isn't it? What we see out there with the wars you know, going on now and all that, all the conflicts. What is your vision for humans? Oh, my what, gosh. Yeah, yeah, for humanity. You know, it depends on the day. Sometimes my vision <laughs> yes. for humans is, <laughs> yes. you know, oh, we're going to, someday we're going to figure this out. And then other days I feel like, Oh, gosh, you know, will we ever figure this out? And I want to have hope in the possibility that love wins and that we will find a way to be um, willing to give up our own sense of power and control for the possibility that everybody can have what they need. I hope that can happen someday. I will probably never see it in my lifetime, but I hope that wherever I go after this life, I'm able to observe and see what happens and see that happen because I feel like we've got it in us. We've got the potential for it. Um, But I don't know. I mean, it's just, I think being an optimist in this time, although everybody, all generations have total claim to bad times, like everybody has gone through bad times. And I think that for me to be able to stay optimistic and hopeful is part spiritual practice. You know, for me, that a big spiritual practice is going out for a run and and being quiet by myself, just pounding the pavement, being in nature. And then also being really selective about my media diet and how much time I spend engaging with the news, because while I want to be informed, I don't need to be informed for 24 hours a day. So I think it's, you know, there we are with balance again, you know, knowing, you know, being intentional about knowing what's going on in the world and then also being intentional about disconnecting from that for a while and going out into something that can rejuvenate you. Mm, Yes, that's true. That's another amazing topic. I mean, insightful one about fear, right? You mentioned love, Uh, love wins. Yes. Some people say that the opposite of love is fear. Mm-hmm. That might be, if there is a, a problem to be solved, it would be, to, from my perspective, it would be fear. Yeah. I think there's too much fear at the personal level. So 
I think when we end conflict inside of us, then we'll see that outside too. But there's a lot of inner conflicts with fear. And, you know, a lot of times I reflect about what love is. Mm-hmm. Just because you mentioned then, you know, love wins. That's what we wish. But what is love? That's another question that I often ask here. What is your ideas of love, Heather? Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. I don't know that I've ever really contemplated what is love. I think, you know, I think that I see more examples of love in action than I am able to define it. I think, you know, love, because you have love for for yourself and for your own safety and care, love for others, love for, um, you know, passion for organizations. I think love is, is probably that little flutter inside of you that is, is delight and is hope of, you know, of, of what could be, you know, I think I see glimmers of it, you know, thinking about the future of humanity I see glimmers now of some really cool things happening with our young kids learning more um, social, emotional awareness, building their intellectual intelligence, their emotional intelligence in school. And I feel like the kids today are way more um, aware of a wider variety of feelings and they have a better vocabulary for how to express their feelings and that gives me hope when i see my kids understanding you know that somebody might be having trauma at home that's caused that's leading to the how they behave at school you know rather than just that person's a jerk but but being you know being considerate of I wonder why they're acting that way. And I think that is, that gives us hope. Ah, I love that. Yeah, I have to use the word love. Yes, because that is connected to healing. That's in spirituality, of course, empathy, right? Compassion, empathy, curiosity. That's, yeah, that's a a beautiful vision, though, for children to, to hold space for their own emotions. And then from that, they learn how to interact in how to relate to other people's emotions, right? From a place of compassion. That sounds wonderful to me. I guess I asked a question about love because my ideas are a little bit different, I guess, but let me see if if it resonates with you. I'll share it. When I see what's happening, although it really touches me and I see the body and the mind kind of responding to it in a sad way, and then when I see injustice, especially towards children or animals, people, hurting, abusing one another, just doesn't feel good. But instead of trying to escape from them, from from those feelings, I just kind of let them pass. And I don't keep watching TV, right, and news Mm -hmm. to bring them back. I don't do that. But I let the feelings just come and go. Because it's human, isn't it, Heather, to feel. I don't want to lose that sense. And I don't want to to not feel. To just let everything come and go. But then looking from a big picture, some people have talked about, let's say, almost looking from God's eyes, that everything happens because it has a purpose or perhaps there's a karma related to it. Mm-hmm. Some people say that. I don't know. I try not to create more stories <laughs> behind all this. In a way, it resonates more the idea of freedom, 
that everything is exercising freedom. Everyone, everything that is happening right now is just free to be and to behave and do what it does. So although we cannot understand intellectually, although we can't make sense of all that, of course not with one, from one mind, what really kind of comes to me as a message every time I see injustice is freedom, life expressing itself, being itself. I know it doesn't, it does, it sounds kind of cold even, but it's, there's a lot of, the feelings are there. There's compassion, there's the help. If I need, if, if it's a call for me to help, of course I would help. There's something about freedom that really resonates. I don't know, how does it sound to you, this idea of love being freedom? Oh, I agree. I think that it comes right in hand, hand in hand with the absence of fear or having less fear. You know, fear traps us. And to be free from that, you know, definitely be in a state of love. Yes, right. Oh, my God. <laughs> What's not to love about you, Heather? <laughs> All these conversations, they're so, so, uh, uh, yes, right. Um, I mean, that's what I live for, you see, for some for some reason that I know, I, I talk to you off record about this, mm-hmm. having deep connections, deep conversations. Why do I love them so much? I have a, a sort of devotion to, to this. So it's sacred to me. I think it's because we can express these concepts that are crucial for human life in a sense of to thrive, in a sense of happiness as you speak. And your, your work is all about happiness, being healthy, being peaceful. So I guess that's what excites me or kind of opens my heart. Mine too. And sometimes I'll hear skeptics who say, oh, you and your woo-woo. (laughs) We can't all just sit around feeling our feelings all day. Some of us have to actually get work done. And I just smile and laugh a little bit to myself and think, Oh, bless your heart. You don't even know how easy it is to pause, check in with yourself, and the amount of work that you're going to get done after that will blow your socks off. <laughs> yes. You think you're productive True. now by yes. sitting in your chair and mm. working? Mm. Take a minute mm. to check in, center, be thankful be in the moment, spend time with other people who are doing that. You can do anything. We could blow the top off of this thing. <laughs> yes. If yes. we sat around a little bit more with our feelings, not all day, but at uh, least yeah. some of it. Yes, yes. That's it. Yeah, because we what we often do is just we try to escape from, from them, numb them, replace them, kind of find distractions. Yeah, we we are very good at it. Yes. And I can't help it, though, too. As you said before about the choice, less choice of doing what you do, that's, I feel the same way when it comes to deep connections, deep conversations, anything that has to do with healing, spirituality. It's just, I don't know, I I forget about time and (laughs) whatever it is. It's almost nothing else exists. It's, It's amazing. Aren't we lucky that mm. we get to spend most of our yes. time doing this? <laughs> yes, yes, a billion times, yes. <laughs> I know you talked early too. I made a note here because you mentioned, we were talking about something, I forgot what it was, and you mentioned about in times of uh, uncertainty, I think mm. you, you mentioned that before about something that you're saying. And then I had to make, make a note here because I have a friend in Israel 
Oh my God, she's just incredibly beautiful. She's a spiritual teacher. She used to be a coach too, but now she's going beyond all, all this, teaching people to be productive. She just kind of stopped it and, and now she's doing something more spiritual. And then she's coming up with a talk and we'll actually have a conversation here about this. It's a, the illusion of certainty. That's the topic. Isn't that yeah. interesting? You just made me think about that. Nothing is really certain. No. That's the truth. But we have this, we cling to it. We want it to be. And it, it doesn't help. I know that we can, I guess we can, might have, have both. Perhaps we could kind of balance or bring those two, two aspects, bring them in harmony. Oh, I think so. We can acknowledge that nothing is certain. We can't predict the future. And we've we've all had plenty of experiences of seeing, you know, a life end too soon, you know, for nonsensical reasons. That's something that we have to accept. But we can also be certain in the mm. moment that we have mm. what it takes to deal with that. Mm. Yes. And that's the only certainty in a way. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's almost like a self-reliance, self-trust, isn't it? There's the certainty that this is happening. I'm here talking to you and I love this. So, I mean, that's a wonderful certainty to have <laughs> in every moment if we can practice that. You know, this is happening and I'm here, I'm present to it. it there's something about that that creates the sense of certainty and, and that's, again, it's highly spiritual to me because it comes from a place of knowledge, though, that we, we know that this has been always here. This presence, it has always been here and will never leave us. It's always here. Everything that I, I, we are perceiving now, this microphone, your voice, and the computer that I'm looking at, I don't know how real all this is, <laughs> the things that I see, but I know for sure that I am perceiving them. Yeah. And, and that's kind of brings me a sense of certainty, I guess. But that's a spiritual one, which is it's very much invisible, right, to the sense. It's, um, okay, so changing the subject again. <laughs> let me go back to your book. So Happy, Healthy You, Breaking the Rules for a Well-Balanced Life. It's a journal. So talk to me about more about the content of the book, whatever you can share, Heather, if, if possible. I know besides, well, yeah, I would love to know a bit, a bit more because I didn't read the book or the journal. Well, it is a uh, 52-week guide through the year, which begins on whichever day you want it to. Um, it's a compilation of essays, actually, that I wrote for um, my local newspaper years ago. Um, and I chose 52 of my favorite and put them into a collection and um, elaborated on them with some additional thoughts that I've had since um, the times when I wrote them and put in some reflection questions and journaling prompts. And, you know, the, the book is about living on your own terms. So you can read it all in one day. You could take all year. You can <laughs> pick it up in the middle and start there. Whatever you want to do, whichever page you open it to will be the page that's meant for you that day. But it's just really... Um, it's just a collection of essays on self-discovery. Um, you know, some of it is is really um, kind of um, details, bits and pieces of how to in some healthy lifestyle stuff, and then some of it's just kind of cerebral for you to think about. <laughs> yes, uh, I like that food for thought, right? Yeah. Reflection. I love that. Do you also mention some spirituality, anything that has to do with that? Or you left that um, 
I wouldn't say that it has a, a spirituality element to it, yeah, but I think that it's it's a book that aligns really well with spiritual practices mm, yes. because a yeah. lot of it is about getting to know yourself and, yeah, right. um, you know, and mm. having some compassion for yourself and you know, kind of lowering the, I don't want to say lowering our standards because I don't, that's not what I want people to do, but I think lowering the um, level of franticness that we have to achieve, 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 yeah. And instead, enjoying mm. being who we are. Ah, uh, yes. Ah, that's beautiful. And yes, anything that has to do with um, self-discovery, it is fundamentally spiritual. Yeah, yes, that's that's I how agree. I see it too. We are most at the end. Gosh, and I had some other topics here that we didn't <laughs> mention, but I know you host a podcast as well called Heather Solves Everything. Yeah. So, do you have guests as well, Heather? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. Um, yeah, my my podcast is called Heather Solves Everything, and that's also my social media handle. You'll find me um, everywhere under that name. Um, the podcast is a place where I take credit for solving people's problems by introducing them to people who actually can. So I do have guests, and each season um, we tackle a different problem, in quotes, uh, right now we are uh, solving mindful eating. So all of my guests this season are around um, what does it mean to be mind, you know, eating mindfully, um, you know, recovering from eating disorders, um, you know, kind of reconnecting with with self trust and you know, kind of everything in that category. Right. Yeah, I like that. So it's um, a seasonal kind of the topics, they, they flow, right? According to the seasons. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. yeah, I never heard it that way, the format, but that sounds very good to me as well. I want to mention your services. Uh, let's see, individual coaching, group coaching, and workplace wellness. Mm-hmm. Uh, did I miss anything, Heather, here for your services? No, that's that's how I work. I, I work with, with organizations to help them cultivate um, an environment and a culture where their employees are thriving and um, and that, you know, working where they work makes life better <laughs> instead of yeah. worse. Oh, that's for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. very much needed, isn't it? Um, workplace. And, you know, one, one of the things that I usually think about often, it's um, uh, being able to live this wholesome life in a sense of wholeness uh, bringing ourselves everywhere, just being really um, that essence everywhere in our house, with friends, neighbors, work, just being able to do that, just being as, you know, the, 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 the term, the, the idea or the, the word that has been used a lot these days is authenticity. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, it just feels very natural to me to yeah. um, just be you, right? Wherever you go, bring yourself with you. <laughs> Everyone we... else is already taken. <laughs> yes, that's for sure. So I have the ending questions for you. But before that, would you like to add anything that you left unsaid or read a passage in your book? I'm just glad to be here. I'm I'm glad to have the opportunity to have this conversation with you. It's been um, a wonderful um, slowing down time of day. So I'm yes. very thankful for that. And I feel like every time I get to have a conversation with somebody about these topics, it just reinforces the, the force of that um, in my life and my ability to 
kind of share it with others. So thank you for having me today. Oh my God. Thank you, Heather. Thank you. So my ending questions, I'll ask two of them. Let me see. I'll ask this one. What do you love most about being the human body or being in the human body? Oh, gosh. <laughs> my body and I... Uh, <laughs> are a great team. And I think that one thing that I love the most about being in a human body is um, the the durability of it. I, I enjoy running and um, ultra running and my body has really shown up for me a lot. Um, and I, I just, I think that's probably my favorite part is knowing that you know, we can do, we can do challenging things and that's it really exciting. I, um, about to start training for my first 50 mile race, and um, my body and I are going to be spending a lot of time together. <laughs> I like the way you say that. Yes, uh, you have a reliable body. Yes, a friend is <laughs> your best friend. Yes. Um, so my last question will be this one. I usually ask everyone this question lately. But sometimes it changes naturally. So, what three experiences you wish everyone to have before they lose the body, before they die? Oh gosh. I, I hope that, oh gosh, three things I hope everybody experiences. I hope that everyone has the opportunity to see themselves through the eyes of someone who loves them unconditionally and to see them as, you know, hopefully that person would have been a parent or another family member who sees them as just the child of God that they are and the, the beautiful spirit that they are, that they can actually get a glimpse of that. I hope that Everybody has the opportunity to do something physically challenging that they didn't ever think they would be able to do. It climb to the top of a mountain or, you know, put your feet on every continent or, you know, something like that. I hope everybody has the opportunity to do something they never thought that they could do. And I hope that everybody gets to give and receive a really good hug. Like, <laughs> yes. A really good, good, good hug. Yes. Uh, uh, that's what I hope for. Uh, you're a lot of fun, Heather. Meaningful <laughs> fun. <laughs> uh, sacred fun. Um, yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you so much again for being you, for being open to life, um, for being here, for being present, for doing what you do. Thank you for everything. Thank you. And before we say goodbye, um, where's the best place to find more information about you and your book? Heather Solves Everything. <laughs> yes, like that. Open up Google <laughs> and type in Heather Solves Everything and <laughs> there I will be. Yes, and I'll have the link on the podcast notes as well. I'll have the link for Amazon and then your website. Thank you so much again for your presence and we'll talk soon. Bye for now, Heather. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Heather Fusilier and her work, please visit heathersolveseverything.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.